You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Mitch here from Geek Elite Media, and I want to talk to you about Cuts by Candice, an experienced hairstylist that is willing to work with you to get the right look for you. When it comes to important events in my life and I need to look good, I trust my hair with Candice. Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of May 2019 and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts by Candice 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you, you can. The future comes and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geeks Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another episode. Nope, these are shifts. We do shifts on the Night's Watch. Well, the wall's down now, so our watch is over. Yeah, is our watch over? I mean, we are still just actually watching stuff, but we're not yeah, part but, of the... That, that's the job we got, you it's, know. It's true. We we did swear. We swear to watch watch all the things. So we we are the shield that protects humanity from having to watch TV for themselves. <laughs> you know what? I, I like the way you put that. That is true. It is, that, that is what we're doing. Uh, we we guard from the the false inf- the fake news, so so to speak, from people you know getting out there too. So. Uh, we, we, we have, we, we will tell you if it's a, if it's a good show or not. And if it's a truthful news. So we're talking about game of Thrones on this shift of the geeks watch. John, what did you think of the, the, the last of the Starks? Oh man, it was a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> and Steven? Uh, it was, it's definitely a roller coaster of episode quality this year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, I mean, we we have things to talk about after the the long night and uh, how how Winterfell is going to recover, I guess. How Westeros will will prosper afterwards. Um, we have a lot to talk about, and and yeah, so so let's get to the geek news first, so we can get that out of the way. We have uh, we have some articles to talk about, but then we also have some new trailers to talk about. Yeah, we do. First thing I want to say is. The Wachowskis are not making a new Matrix movie, as being reported. Um, at first, I guess during a Yahoo Movies UK interview uh, for John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, St- St- Stileski, I, I, I hope I'm saying that, that name right, you know, he, the director, uh, Chad Stileski. from John Wick. Yes, from the John Wick movies. Um, he was originally the stunt coordinator and stunt double for... Keanu Reeves in the Matrix movies, so that's why he has a a reason to speak on this. But I, I guess they asked him something in the interview, and he said that the Wachowskis were making a, a fourth, a new Matrix movie. And he, since since that article came out or that interview came out, he, his representation has reached out and said that he wasn't 
stating that they were making a movie, just a hypothetical as if the Wachowskis were to make another Matrix movie. I mean, yeah. it. I think a lot of people hold the Matrix from 1999 in a high regard. Would that movie still hold up nowadays? Has, has anybody gone back and watched it recently? Like, I know part two yeah. and part three people don't like. I've watched that more recently, and I, I think I like it a lot better than when I first saw it because it was so different from the first movie, but I feel like the philosophy is still there that, to enjoy the movie. I think if well, those movies came out now, people would look at them positively. I think that they're of normal quality to movies currently. Okay. And I mean, yeah, like one of the biggest things about them is just how much they change the action cinema environment moving forward. I mean, how -hmm. many times did other movies of lesser quality ape the bullet time and the... Yeah, but that was just more of, you know, that's that's making fun of pop culture, you know, something that's popular in the moment. No, I think some of them were. Yeah, obviously, if you have like your scary movie that literally was spoofing it, right. sure. But no, there were others that were legitimately trying to steal that, um, as and use it as their own. Just Fair look enough. at one of our favorite movies, The One. It definitely <laughs> aped off the uh, Matrix uh, bullet time effect. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. As quite a few others too. That, but it definitely brought back. You know, like Kung Fu was missing for a long time in American cinema. It really was. But I think I think before the Matrix, the thing was is that you had you had movie stars and then you had action movie stars. So you had the you had your Van Dams and your Seagals and stuff like that. These are people that knew how to fight before they were in the movies. And then they were like, okay, well, here we'll let you try and act as the leading man. And obviously <laughs> they couldn't act. So then the Matrix came along and they're like, okay, let's just take actors. And train them in martial arts or train them to fight. And I yeah. think we get that more often than not now. I mean, I'm not saying there's not stunt doubles. And like I just said, Chad Stileski was the stunt double for Keanu Reeves. I mean, you need a stunt coordinator and a fighter and stuff like that to do the more difficult stuff. But you can now, if you tr- get, if you pay for the, the lead actor or actress to train for a certain amount of time, you can have more close-up shots and more less cutaways and stuff like that. Yeah, Definitely. and plus, honestly, having a person that's a whole fight coordinator or someone like that means that there's a person whose whose job it is to specifically make sure that stuff is peak awesome. Whereas before, it's like, ah, well, I mean, Steven says like he got out of his trailer today, and he, he's he had a little bit too much beer last night. So, <laughs> uh, go go ahead and shoot it tight uh, once, and we'll shoot the action stuff for it tomorrow. Exactly. You know? we'll shoot the wide tomorrow, <laughs> uh, and I think it just gives you a better product no matter what. Uh, so, I mean, would would either one of you be looking forward to a Matrix 4 movie? I mean, it really depends on what the plot is. Because the trilogy basically just rounded it out, that it's all cyclical. Um, so, what new could it bring? I mean, Cal Penn, not Cal Penn. Uh, what is the name of that? Anyways, Zach Penn, that's his name. He was talking two years ago about a, a new reboot to The Matrix. He was going to write it, produce it, I think, but... Uh, I haven't heard anything more about that since then. Uh, I think a reboot does fit in I, with the, with the, what you're talking about, how everything is cyclical, and it's, eventually it would have to reboot itself anyways, the system. Yeah. I That's what I would want, if anything. Um, so I was talking to someone recently about Animatrix, because uh, I, I think pretty pretty universally people like and love, like slash love the Animatrix. Yes. Yes. Um, and someone pointed out that the tra- the runner... Yep. from that one track mm-hmm. is actually in the movie 
Is he? He's in the movies. I did yeah, not realize there's a that. guy. He's, he's, he says like, yeah, like I, I run real fast or whatever. And there I was like a star or whatever. Some guy. I forget who it is in the full grand scheme of things because it's been a while since I watched that movie. Right. Um, but apparently, yeah. So I'd love it if we explored some of those things. And I'd even even as cheesy as it is for um, like a, a late sequel kind of thing, like something that's like a decade later or more, I would love it. I'd love to see the actual uprising as like a as a series or something like that. I I would enjoy that thoroughly. The like the second Renaissance that's in that's in the Animatrix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would be my best bet yeah. too. Like it would be a prequel, but it would be if done right, it would be amazing because that would show you everything that came before. And I mean, the Animatrix itself just does such a good job of encapsulating that. But if they did that as a big budget, like Akira level movie, that would be amazing. Even if it was still animated, I think it would still look great. I'd be so stoked if it was animated. <laughs> uh, okay, so going on, um, Dave, James Gunn did like a Q&A on his Instagram or some Brightborn. social media. Huh? Was it for, was it for Breitbart? I don't know if it was for Breitbart. Uh, bright, bright Bart, <laughs> bright burn. Um, <laughs> it's like you're reading some interesting It's crazy material. how Disney cut ties with James Gunn. Yeah, really, <laughs> uh, but I guess he was he was talking about how Michael Rooker uh, might be up for a role in Suicide Squad, his Suicide Squad, and and I guess people were talking that it's probably for the King Shark. Um, like the, the most I know about King Shark, I've seen him in a couple of comic books that I've read, but like the most I've seen him in is the new Flash TV show. And that's a different people, type of shark, too. I think in the uh, comics, he's a hammerhead. Well, he's been both. Oh. He, he's either been a great white or a hammerhead. Depends on who's drawing him and what iteration of him and stuff like that. Um, so, I obviously, King Shark is, is going to be a giant CG monster. It just needs a voice. Yeah. So, Michael Rooker as the voice works for me. Um, he's already got a fin right there, so it's on his. You know, start. It's probably why they picked that picture. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and obviously, Rooker loves to work with Gun. Just about everything he's done, Rooker's there. So, would you be okay with this, both of you? Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, he he officially says he has not been cast in the Suicide Squad. Uh, Rooker says that, but I think the way that he talks, because he has a real kind of heavy Southern type of drawl to right. his uh, mannerisms. I think that that would fit with a simplistic character because King Shark's not really very uh, voice for us. Like, yeah, he's, he's not yeah, known he's for verbose. He's his, not eloquent. Yeah, he's he doesn't do soliloquies. <laughs> it's just more about emotion and power in his voice. And I think he could deliver that. Okay. Kind of pontificating King Shark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, with the Suicide Squad, Benicio del Toro is up for the talks for the main villain. Uh, it has not been decided, or it has not been revealed who the villain would be. Uh, they are calling the role the Mayor, whatever that means. Uh, I saw also a couple people um, say take a wild guess that it, it could be Vandal Savage from the DC Universe, which I think would be I, interesting. I would love to see a Vandal Savage. Yeah. I would love to see Vandal Savage too. I, I think I, I think I saw another person say that he could be Bane. I'm like, I don't want to see another Bane on TV, yeah, on uh-uh. on screen. So I hope that's not I, it. Honestly, I don't I don't like Benicio del Toro though. I think people are fascinated with him just because he's unique, but I don't think that he's the best actor. Yeah, I don't understand. And people talk about him with like 
like a reverence almost like when he's in something they're like oh benicio del toro is it just because he has a cool name because he has a cool name <laughs> that could be it I, I you know there there are weirder things in this world that's for sure <laughs> like him be, him in guardians of the galaxy i don't give a shit about the collector <laughs> it's such a weird role for like uh from what we're you know you can consider a name actor just to be like yeah come in and be like kind of thing over yeah. and over what is that i don't understand but i i, I could talk about this for a <laughs> yeah. uh what do you have feelings about benicio del toro john only that or four he doesn't really get a lot of good roles i mean the last big thing he did <laughs> i think was the sicario movies the wolf you know, I haven't seen those, oh, so uh, I can't really say for those. I mean, those are good movies. I wouldn't say because of him, but they're definitely good yeah, movies. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a character actor, not a leading man. So well, that's not how Hollywood portrays him. As long as you put him in something interesting, <laughs> yeah, I think Hollywood. he'd be all right. But like in this particular case, I wouldn't expect for anything to be riding on him. Mm. Just, I mean, it's in fact, it was the exact opposite. They essentially did with, uh, with a collector, you know, and Vincenzo del Toro, uh, they did, you know, with Goldblum in Thor. Goldblum should have had a much bigger part just based on who he was and how crazy his character was. But yeah, he was essentially almost at the same level as the collector uh, with how I little he, he was. Better. I thought he was a lot better well, than Well, yeah, he's because he's Jeff Goldblum. But I think it would be yeah. awesome if you see both of them show up in Guardians of the Galaxy 4. The collector and the Grandmaster. Yeah. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to see Benicio del Toro ever again. <laughs> the uh, one that like sold it for me, where I was just like, I'm done with this, was uh, him in Infinity War. And he's like, when he's yelling, he's like, magnificent, magnificent. <laughs> I'm just like, go home. <laughs> uh, I'm so done with. All I could ever think about for uh, Jeff Goldblum though from Ragnarok is the his pleasure ship, where it's it's my birthday. <laughs> uh, okay, so also for the casting of the Suicide Squad, we have Daniela Melcher as the Rat Catcher, or as Rat Rat Catcher, which they are changing the gender of. In the comic books, was a man. Now it's going to be female. And then David Dasmalchen as the Polka Dot Man. David Dasmalchen, <laughs> I think, is an incredible character actor, and it's amazing how many different roles that he's been playing now in comic book movies because apparently he's a huge comic book nerd too um we know him from the dark knight as one of the joker's um henchmen the one that that tells uh dent and batman where the joker's supposed to be or something like that uh <laughs> then we also he have was, he was in 2049 he was in 2049 that's right he was in. He's he's in the Ant Man and the Wasp movies. Um, he's the, the Russian. He's the Russian that gives us the Baba Yaga <laughs> line. Yeah. Um, Which now can people disassociate from John Wick? I don't know. I mean, we have Ant Man and the Wasp where he calls Ghost Baba Yaga, and then we have Hellboy where the Baba Yaga actually shows up. And both of those movies and the original Legend is a female, but in John Wick we call. Him, the Baba Yaga. Well, we call him the the boogeyman killer. That's true. Well, yeah, so he's the one that you send to go after Baba Yaga. Uh, but for okay. some reason, they refer to him as Baba Yaga anyway. It's well, just, I think that in the story, the in the movie, the guy says uh, everybody else was calling him Baba Yaga. And then the, the guy himself is like, but in actuality, is we, John Wick is who we send after the Baba Yaga. <laughs> and that's why. But either way, it doesn't matter. Um, he was also in, uh, I want to say, 
Arrow or the Arrow universe as one of the bad guys there too. I forget which one. Um, and I think there's one other, but now he's going to be in the DC universe movie, movie universe. So as the polka dot man, which I think I'm all for. Yeah. If, if we're going to bring in someone to play that kind of character, make it someone who does it weird. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who dresses up in a polka dotted latex suit and each one of the polka dots he pulls off does a different thing like bo- like Captain Boomerang's boomerangs. So it, yeah. it could be it could be comp- uh, completely silly or it could be really dark and twisted, which I could see James Gunn doing either way. Yeah, it, either of these things. Yeah. And honestly, like like most of us, I think, trust James Gunn with weird stuff in the first place. So yeah. Get on it, dude. Go for it. <laughs> Do you guys think that this Suicide Squad is going to be anything like David Ayer's Suicide Squad, or is it going to be more like Guardians of the Galaxy? Or do you think James Gunn is going to step away from Guardians of the Galaxy like thing because he doesn't want to be like I can only do this one thing? I don't know. It's a hard question. I mean, they they took the original and they re-edited the whole thing to go with what that original trailer was, which mm-hmm. was very Guardians. Yes. So. I don't. I don't know if that's what they bring him in for. I, I have no idea. I think that he'll try to do something different from the Guardian style and do it more akin to what I think Ayer was going for with the first one. Yeah, that's the one thing that I didn't. I don't want to do with the Suicide Squad. I don't want them to at the end of it be. And this is what they did in the movie. I don't want it at the end be like, oh well, we're a family. We're in this together, yeah. kind of thing. And that's that goes against the Suicide. That works for the Guardians of the Galaxy because yeah, they they're they're not bad guys. They're just guys they're all they're all lone wolves that came together to be in a pack kind of thing yeah the suicide squad they're all bad guys they're doing it so they don't have a bomb go off in their head kind of thing yeah. or or they're looking to to re- reduce their sentence like i i get them working as a team that's amazing i want that but i don't want them yeah. to to be i don't want will smith to come out and be like oh well we're family kind of thing <laughs> it's just yeah no, i definitely agree I, I think that they they like show amanda waller but I don't think they've really drilled into what that relationship between them really, really is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, also, that's, that's what they get for building or trying to like shoehorn the universe. Yes, exactly. Also, um, Idris Elba, the newest, the newest um, rumor out there about the role that he will be playing in the Suicide Squad would be is is Deathstroke. So this would be them recasting Joe Manganiello's character from Aww. the DCEU with Idris Alba as Deathstroke. Uh, I'm also against this. Yeah. I still mm-hmm. want him to be uh Bronze Tiger. I think that'd be an amazing role and they should definitely bring that character into the proper DC film universe. Um yeah. if you watch the animated Suicide Squad movie, you see him and he's fucking amazing. He's a great character in the comic book, so uh, I think that'd be great, but cuz I also don't want to lose Joe Manganiello. Bronze Tiger sounds a little too close to black panther for some reason i'm sure that's what they were going for when they created the bronze tiger you take a color and a large cat and you just mix them together but i think that's what you do you make you you take that character and then people think that it's going to be a lot like black panther and you show them that he's not he's completely different that's what you could do okay i'm curious yeah We'll, we'll, we'll definitely see it's i think it's 2021 when that movie comes out so we'll see what happens uh, the Russos, or yeah, the Russos and Marcus McFeely, the the four people that created Avengers Endgame and the MCU as we know it, so to speak. Um, 
the the Marcus Mifili actually wrote the first Avenger, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, and Endgame. And uh, the Russos directed four of those five movies. So uh, they all disagree on what time travel is in the in-game movie, which definitely <laughs> comes up to why we have such a uh, different feeling about what happens at the end of that movie. So I think one of the biggest things is that are there other realities caused from their time travel or is there only one timeline? For me... The way that I feel the movie describes it is that there's only the one timeline because they put the, the, the stones back. I know other people feel differently and I think Yeah, I'm I'm here I'm here for the, the fact that it's split. It's split. Um it's it's I, I can see that too. So with that being said, the Russos answered this question says, How does time yeah, time travel work, I guess. He says, if you go, uh, the Russo said, uh, Joe Russo said, if you go back to the past, you simply create a new reality. The characters in the movies created new timelines when they went back into the past, but it had no effect to the Prime Universe, which what happened in the past 22 movies still was still canon. So. I hate you- this so much. <laughs> it, it only, I, I just needed to, like, I, I rested safe in the idea that Someone knew what this meant because <laughs> watching the movie, I was like, "Okay, okay," and then afterwards, now that they're like, "No, wait, what? You thought what? No, like, who who did this? Who's piloting this?" This is exactly true. Like, you would think that these four people would would come together in a pre meeting before making the movie after reading the script and be like, "Oh no, this is what we meant," or "No, this is how we see it," kind of thing. Oddly enough, I think this I'm is so what bad. makes it work for me. Yeah? The fact that you have all these different ideas kind of somehow working together, it creates just enough dissonance where there's no clear answer because there is no clear answer. No, but it, that can, is the thing. is Time travel is not real. Right. There's no way to define it and no way to to uh, 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 put parameters around it. So th- there's, nothing, there's nothing we can really do other than just accept our own individual thoughts about it but and yeah and that exactly right so therefore there's no wrong answer i mean you're Except for the fact that I, you're wrong it's more <laughs> i hate this reasoning more <laughs> so steven at the end of the movie where is old uh captain america from from, from theirs he's from the prime universe timeline he shouldn't be yes but in your own d- definition of what you just said, he should be from another reality. No, no he should have stayed. He, he, he bounced between those realities and then whoop, came back. No, what should have what should have happened? Because as we well as it was described earlier, the moment he goes back in time, it creates a new timeline. So essentially, unless he comes back through the time portal thing that they had, if he stays in a certain time, then. That's going to be a new timeline that's going to involve him. He shouldn't have come back. Like, that should have been the last we ever saw of Captain America because he's going to live out the rest of his life in an alternate timeline now. So you're saying that he came back to our time as an old man? I mean, that's what he would have had to have done because he just kind of appeared out of nowhere. Not if I, not the way I say it. No, because then he, if he would, he wasn't appearing out of nowhere. He would have to have appeared on the, the platform. To me, what what is happening is that he goes back in time, he lives out his life, 
and he'd always lived out that life. And he's always been there. He's he's always he, been behind the scenes. Yes, he's always been behind the scenes, doing whatever it is that he had to do and living with Peggy. Ah, so like, that, that we just didn't paradox. Know it. I'm here with you for a version that's both of these things. Okay, <laughs> of course. So, so each each time that they go into these other things, um, and like they go into those other times and everything, and they take the stone out and everything, and they end up basically like creating this weird like shattered thing like they they basically like time was moving in the straight line until then and they just like basically just fractured it and it's all these different paths and everything Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day he's still the the universe that that we're in um this core universe it modified that one in that moment okay When, when he gets to come back so that that timeline he modified our timeline with that i think you do modify things but those other ones that they went to and they plucked something out of this like insane universe making force, they plucked it out of it, then brought it back into those things. I think those are themselves also separate lines. I mean, it's, I, mean I don't, just... I don't like any of these, but that's the best one I got. <laughs> I was going to say it sucks that old cap wasn't in Peggy's uh, funeral then. I mean, he knew that he had to be, be hidden. I guess he I knew t- that he couldn't be around. Did I tell you guys? Did I tell you guys my idea for Disney? No. They t- they take all the movies and they just put out a new post, and like post uh post snap version of all of the movies where they interact with them. New cover art, everything <laughs> like that. And then the scenes in the background, there's parts where you see these people now inserted digitally into these things so like it's first avengers and it's like going around you know it's doing the whole circle around them it's doing that it's whole thing and then somewhere in the background you just see like like professor hulk like bashing on some stuff a little bit really small way far in the background yeah i would love that i think they should disney has the money they could do this this reminds me of the trailer for lilo and stitch where stitch was making appearances oh yeah that's right yeah like give me give me <laughs> the one thing that I, I i've had the biggest problem with uh since that movie or since watching that movie is the part where they go to get the test rack so you have um what is it uh ant-man and iron man and who's the other person with them that has that's you holding could, on. i didn't hear sorry ant-man iron man and who's holding the case is Captain america no, Captain America has the scepter. Oh, the case was uh, Captain America, or uh, Iron Man, Ant-Man, Ant-Man, and Hulk went to go get the Time Stone. Okay, so it was just Captain America and Ant-Man? Or, I mean, uh, Ant-Man Iron Man and, and Ant-Man. Yeah, Iron Man and Ant-Man? Yeah. Um, so, the idea... Oh, no, oh, because it was, it was, the, it was the, the Ant-Man from earlier... Or it was the Iron Man from the original tw- 2012 Avengers movie that he gives the heart attack. Ant Man gives the heart attack to. Yeah. Um, but mm, yeah. But that's Thor, Loki, and Iron Man from 2012. That is the Iron Man that just got done, you know, lifting the bomb into a hole and falling to Earth and almost dying, and the Hulk screams into life. But yet he seems very viral, virile, and and like walking around and he's okay well, you would be too if you just <laughs> saved the world would you though or uh, now that he's, the adrenaline is down you're kind of like Ugh. 
<laughs> kind of thing. Well, that's when they finally get to the shawarma place and they all just kind of like let loose. <laughs> that's when they <laughs> which, relax. Which a does make bit. me wonder where does the shawarma scene fall in in line in in that little bit of timeline right there. Um, I want to say it's right after. They wake up. They wake up. They wake up Iron Man. Yeah, they go straight for the shawarma. And then, then they like, go up to the penthouse where Loki is to yeah, wake him up. That's right. That's <laughs> okay. exactly how that happens. Yeah, it, it's just around noon, you know, universal lunchtime. So <laughs> one of the other things about that is that everybody keeps talking about how the Loki TV show is going to be based around with uh, what happens in this movie where Loki takes the Tesseract and pops out, right? Yep. But that is the space stone. It's not a time stone. People keep saying that he's going to be jumping around in time using that infinity stone, which can't be possible. Yeah, I don't think that's what that is. Exactly. I think I think he goes around and does a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I mean, he could definitely but go he to he different... he doesn't do things in time. Yeah, he can go to the different realms of of the galaxy, like uh, Asgard again or, or other places like that, but he can't jump around in time. Yeah, no, no. This is where they get to introduce a book bunch of other characters to use in other phases yeah i was gonna say have people been saying that they think he's gonna be jumping around in time going to the future and meeting up with our present day people yep like no this isn't even gonna be the same universe that yeah it doesn't make any sense right okay thank you uh i just wanted to get that out there uh jason momoa was on ellen this past week he said that aquaman 2's story script has been set locked and is ready to go how does everybody feel about an aquaman 2 because i can't stand this idea <laughs> yeah no no i think it's bad i wonder how many stories they, they're gonna try to put into this movie <laughs> i feel like they should just uh just jump the shark pun intended and make it a space travel movie and he has to go to neptune oh my god because like there's actually like the actual god neptune resides there and he needs to go see him for some reason because all of earth's <laughs> water is gonna like disappear or something and needs to just just to just go just go sleep, just commit and go crazy they're just gonna make it echo the dolphin from sega genesis <laughs> you know what that's i'd rather see that than the sonic movie uh, so yes, we we all didn't like Aquaman. Uh, obviously, we are in the we're not in the norm because it made over a billion dollars. People loved it for whatever reason. I mean, I, I we, like Momoa. He's when do, when charming we, as hell. But. No, you know he's buff. He's handsome. He's nice. Yeah. Uh, but when do we stop looking at money as just the main like equator of? actual approval well so much of that money like so much of the money happens like look at what happened with the avengers really released recently a, a massive massive portion of that movie that movie's earnings is because it was a day and date release with china china only gets a certain amount of movies per year but they're but like that's changing all the people yeah that's true there's a billion people in china alone so it makes sense uh i mean i mean you're you're right yeah you're right it's just uh so, I mean, like, it, it's just, you don't, like, I, at a certain point, I think we have to start wondering, like, what, what, or is this popular or not? I mean, they, they only get so many movies. So, I mean, like, I just, they get so much money because it's the only movie. If we had 12 movies a year, we'd go watch them, too. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I, I, it, it doesn't, it, we obviously, quality does not always equate to how much money it made but it has made the money and holly you know movies are business in the end yeah they they have to make the money so it's like looking at you twilight movies yep exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh all right so we talked about this movie a couple weeks ago 
uh, it's a movie called Chaos Walking. It's, it was being directed by Doug Lyman. Uh, it is at Lionsgate Studios. It was being it was uh, adaptation of a uh, YA book about a virus that has killed off all the women in the world, and then it also the virus also gives the living people or I guess the men of the world, the ability to hear thoughts of other people and animals. Like, I don't understand what the thoughts of animals means. I don't know if you translate it to whatever language you speak in your head or what, but yeah, that this, so Lionsgate said this movie was unwatched, unreleasable. Like they've, they filmed it. That's what the script sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it was a, I would assume it was some type of popular YA book. So it had some, you know, following, but I'd never heard of it. And yeah, this does sound horrible. Uh, but they, uh, Doug Lyman, the director, has asked for reshoots again, and this time bringing in director Fide Alvarez. Uh, he directed Don't Breathe and the Evil Dead remake, among, amongst other things. Um, did he I did a bunch of music videos before he did Evil Dead. I always assume all movie directors have done a bunch of music <laughs> videos before. <laughs> so that's fair. It, it, I, I'm not sure, but I don't. I don't know how I feel about. Oh, he also did the the girl in the spider's web as of recently. The that yeah yeah that was the other one. So um, I I just oh good no no that's it. I was I don't know how I feel about this. I thought I thought John was saying something there. Nope. Um, th- there's I feel I feel weird about this movie. Um, so there, there's this thing that they've been doing in Hollywood where if they intend to if someone goes to make something. Say they're trying to sell a screenplay or something like that. Um, they'll say, "Listen, this is a good story and everything like that, but we only deal in IP, basically." And so they'll take the the script or whatever, and they'll release it as a comic book, and then they get to to sell it as a thing that's an adaptation of a comic. That's book. true. And so I'm always suspicious of anything that gets put out that was really bad that says it's an adaptation of anything before it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was listening to some podcast earlier this week where they were talking about uh, a friend of theirs went to work for a studio or tried to pitch something at a studio, and the studio said that we only do things that are IP, like we don't do anything yep. original. So I don't remember what studio it was, but yeah, that's that is interesting. That's an interesting it's way Warner that that's Brothers, working. Probably. I mean, I don't think it was. I don't remember it being a big one, but mm-hmm. it could be. It definitely could be. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted? Did you want to throw in anything about Chaos Walking there, John? Uh, I kind of want to watch it in this unfilmable or unwatchable state just to see the <laughs> awesomeness. Because, I mean, it sounds like it could be another, you know, The Room in the making. Oh, well, it'd be a huge budget, <laughs> The Room. That's yeah. that's scary. Um, I mean, and we were talking about this. These are two huge up-and-coming stars in this. This is Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley as the leads. Mm-hmm. And this is unreleasable? Like... Do you know how much money the studio had to pay to get those two in the movie? You know, and I haven't seen it yet. So, I mean, obviously, I don't know entirely what I'm talking about. But I've seen a lot being said and a lot of things, discussions about Jupiter Ascending. Uh Uh-huh. And that looks like that was unreleasable and it was released. That, I would (laughs) agree with you. That was... That, that was unwatchable, so it, it had to have been unreleasable, but yet this yeah, is being it was out there. called unreleasable? That, whew, that's bad. I'm, I'm reading some stuff here. I was really curious to see if in any way, shape, or form, uh, any company who was working on this stuff was like a subsidiary of Sony or anything. Because Sony also, after having success they got with Tom Holland, they took him from that, and then they said that he was going to play young Nathan Drake from the Uncharted, movie, right. or Uncharted games in movies. 
And a lot of people were just saying, like, well, can we just put out Chaos Walking and call it an Uncharted movie, you know? Is it the same like, thing? No. No, oh. they're drastically different. But Tom Holland does look like he got dirty. <laughs> like, like, he, he, he is dirty, and that's pretty much all you need for he Nathan Drake. showered so, in a couple of days. <laughs> I mean, I think most fans of the the Uncharted video games are still clamoring for uh, Nathan Fillion as Nate Nathan Drake. Fillion. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, Nathan, Nathan Fillion would be perfect. Also, we can just have like old Nathan Drake and just have it actually be his voice actor. That would be great. <laughs> that would be that wouldn't be bad. Um, Lady and the Tramp. There, they have the live action remake is going to be the one of the first movies available on our first original movies available on Disney Plus when that comes out in November. Um, Janelle, Janelle Monae is going to make two new songs for that movie. One of them is going to be reinventing the problematic Siamese cat song. Is it really problematic? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Unequivocally, it's, yes. It's bad. See, <laughs> it's this not, is it's this not is, good. This is an interesting topic because I'm a really big fan of like out of context old school racism in cartoons. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I love the the old Bugs Bunny ones where he's like slap. I think it was called. Bugs Bunny slaps a Jap or something like that. Okay. Um, and, like, it's just extremely racist, of course, because it was, like, World War II propaganda. Right. Um, there was also, like, those cartoons. I don't know if you remember Bosco. There's a lot of racist stuff in old Popeyes. No, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I- like, and, but you know what? I And this is weird. I, I guess it's a weird stance to take. But I don't feel like those were done with any hate behind. They were just... A product of their time and but, you know the, but their time was hate <laughs> <laughs> it was intolerance maybe in and of itself doesn't necessarily have to be a hateful thing like i i understand that one like there's certain things like we we all just we know like there's like the same dance that happens at like a quinceanera and everything like that white white people always have like stupid things like like a wineless or a stimulus wine glasses at their at all of their weddings they're stupid bullshit you know like th- there are things that are stereotypes, but there are so many things that are like negative stereotypes. Even like the way they choose to portray like a whole race as like a physical, like a like a physical cartoon image, typically had something that was less than good in cartoons. Well, I know that I was a really big fan of Speedy Gonzalez going up, and now it's <laughs> yeah. Like but were impossible. you a fan fan of Slow Slowpoke Juan or whatever his name was? Slowpoke Rodriguez. I sure. Think? Um, like because that's the one that's negative. Speedy Gonzalez is a is a positive. I mean, other than the fact that he's a, a mouse. I mean, there's like a give and take there, I suppose. Sure. There's, yeah, sure. I could relate to both of those at different times in my life. <laughs> sometimes I'm the speedy. Sometimes I'm the slowpoke. Okay. Um, it's it's definitely important to be well rounded. I think. Okay. Not to know when to be fast. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that you know, obviously, as Disney's going back and remaking all these of their of their old movies. I mean, we just had Dumbo. They obviously didn't have the crows in there, which were uh, and I was very much offensive. To those guys. Yeah, I'm sure I you love were. The crows. Um, we're getting rid of the Siamese song because uh, obviously that is also offensive. You know they're not doing a Song of the South remake of the mo- movie, so you know I'll give you that one. <laughs> Disney is like very much trying to. I, don't know, I mean, it's funny that they're bringing these things up, but then they're not. Are they not talking about it? Are they talking about the fact that this is the reason why we're not bringing it up? We obviously made mistakes in the bat in the past. I give a lot of respect to Warner Brothers when they syndicate some of their older cartoons, and they will show them like in their uncensored format. But they'll like 
before it they'll have a little informational card stating like hey you know like this yeah. was a product of its time you know it's, it doesn't reflect our current values and blah 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 it was just a cartoon back then you know just try to enjoy it for what it is and you know whatever um i feel like disney is completely trying to like erase its past mm-hmm. and like i not agree with that one. It. and i think that's the wrong way to go about it too um without getting overly political or real world involved here um you know there's like a debate with uh, destroying the the uh, uh, rebel leader statues in the south. I was like, well, yeah, their statues, their history, they shouldn't be destroyed. But at the same time, they also shouldn't be front and center. Like they shouldn't be. We revered. are so proud of yeah. these guys. Yeah, like these are not heroes, but they aren't the history. Because I I like that conversation. The the thing the issue that I have with that stuff is that most of those memorials didn't go up like during. Oh yeah, they were like right in the eighties. <laughs> a shit ton of them were funded like the Reagan way era. later. Yeah. yeah, that is a good point as well. Yes, <laughs> that that gets left out a lot from the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so not to get too into the politics of everything, that's just uh, where we're at with Lady and the Tramp. Down with the South. <laughs> Apex Legends. Apex Legends is a video game that came out not too long ago, a battle royale game that was supposed to be the you know rival to Fortnite and PUBG and all that PUBG. other stuff. Uh, Overwatch, and uh, now it is going. To, I mean, as you were saying, Stephen, they're telling me that it, it's not uh, as popular as people wanted to. Like after the first couple months or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, it's now going to mobile devices as well. And I think you have issues about that. Yeah, it's the biggest shocker. (laughs) Um, So initially, you saw this massive spike. You can see their their concurrent player numbers on pretty much whatever your service of choice to peek in on player numbers is. Um, It's dropped significantly. Um, They had a shaky launch to their first season uh, where they're not saying that they're going to be like Fortnite or anything where it's this living, breathing, constantly changing game, um, which is fine. Uh, but the the main issue for that stuff is that it's not a living, breathing, constantly changing thing, but their game was still super busted. Uh, when when it was first released, it it was crashing people's systems. There was like a little bit of word on the street about it breaking a couple consoles, which are now unsubstantiated. Like there's nothing that's come of that in a big way, except I think for like one person. Um, but there, it was bad. They, they were playing it on a closed ecosystem like the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 4 Pro, where it's just basically that one device and they can build for it, optimize for it. And it was awful. People had to like reboot their whole system to be able to like, uh, after, sorry, after finishing a match, they would reboot their whole system just to be able to go back into the queue smoothly. And that that's, that's absurd. And to think that they're now going to put this out on mobile devices where yeah. it's, it's more devices, uh, lower powered devices like i i don't see how they think this is a good idea it's it's very confusing to me so according to this article it said uh it was it would um this is on their earnings their quarterly earnings uh conversation Mm -hmm. as part of a call discussing its uh, quarterly earnings ea said it would release versions of titanfall based battle royale title for mobile devices there weren't specifics about platforms or release dates, but it's safe to say Android and iOS have made the short list. So, yeah. Right. Good, good luck, guys. <laughs> uh, Disney also made a uh, announcement on its slate for the next, uh, let's see, almost nine years? 
So 2019 to 2027, so eight years. See, that's how I know the world's not ending anytime soon. Because Disney won't allow it? Because Disney would know, <laughs> and they wouldn't be planning this far ahead. I think uh, one of the so one of the biggest surprises is uh, the New Mutants. They're pushing it till next year now. Uh, once again, they're going to mm-hmm. be pushing that one. It's going to be 2020. Um, I think it's in the, 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 the April-May slot, the one that we just had for, like, in-game or something like that. Like, let me see if I can find it. Um... Yeah, April, April 3rd. So there you go. Um, people were saying that that might be because they're going to do some more reshoots to make it more relevant to the MCU proper. Or watchable. Or watchable. I don't know. The first They said the first one, the original cut of it was really good. They only went back to it to make it more horror-like. And then they went back to it again to make it less horror-like. And then they went back again to make it more horror-like. And also to possibly fit it into the MCU. And then possibly to fit it into the... Now it's possible to fit it into the MCU. Um, uh, it sounds like a mess. <laughs> I think this is interesting because this would this would bring in the New Mutants, which is the third iteration of X-Men characters, like after the original first class. So it's it would be kind of like them being like, hey, we're going to bring the X-Men in, but not the X-Men you know yet. Like it just kind of be like that. Kind so of how does this overlap with the X-Men that we do know? The X Men that are part of the Fox universe, like Dark Phoenix, is the end. That's it. That those those characters, those actors playing those characters, are not going to be seen in the MCU as we know it so far. Uh, that's what we're being told, and we don't know anything do- different after that. So we also got a bunch of untitled slots for uh, Disney live action, Marvel movies, Pixar movies, and an Indiana Jones sequel in um, July 9th, two thousand twenty one. Then we also have uh, Avatar sequels going from 2021 all the way to 2027. Is that right? No, 2022, I think, is when the first Avatar movie comes out. Uh, No, 2021. 2021 to 2023 for Avatar 3, 2024 for Avatar 4, 2025 for Avatar 4, and then 2027 for Avatar 5. I can't imagine that would actually happen, though. They're making a quintology, huh? I mean, that was uh, Cameron's big uh, thing since the beginning there, since they started talking about sequels, that it was going to be, it was going to be like that. I think it's interesting. The the thing they stated as their like plan for why this is where it is, uh, is because they're going to, they're going to alternate between Star Wars films and these Avatar movies. And that's why they pushed it. That, that seems like a lot of faith to me. Yeah, uh, I think so too. Um, look, I'm one of the. I guess I'm one of the apologists for the for Avatar. I don't know if that's the way to put it because, like now, it seems very much in the in the way of saying, "Hey, Avatar was a shit movie," even though it made all the money back in the day. Uh, and back in the day is 2012, I think. Um, <laughs> so long or, ago. Yeah, I know, right? Had, you know, when did Avatar come out? Was that 2008? I think it was 2010. 2010. Okay, either way. It, it did make a whole bunch of money. It's the it's the money. It's the movie that's on the top of the highest grossing film of all time right now that in game is did chasing. It, didn't Avengers just beat it? No, it just beat Titanic. Oh, that's right. It still it still has a little bit of ways to go to beat Avatar. Um, I enjoyed that movie, and I can name two characters. <laughs> There's uh, Jake Sully Jake and Sully. and, <laughs> and uh, oh for shit, Night- I can't name Zoe Saldana's character. Natiri. Natiri. That's right. An N. Yeah, yeah. N- yeah. So, but I can't really, I can't quote things back I, other than Jake Sully 
like kind of thing. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> I see you. Yeah, like that. Those. Like, so I mean, I'm I might be part of the problem, but I did enjoy that movie. I liked it. I thought it was a great spectacle. It was a thing to watch. It was a it was a carnival, right? Sure. I can I can get behind that. Um so but are people really interested in seeing a sequel to that movie ten plus years later? I mean there was people no. back then that were <laughs> no. <laughs> killing themselves because they wanted to be reincarnated as Navi. Yeah, but there were <laughs> there were people that were killing themselves after watching The Passion of the Christ because of how much Mel Gibson de- depicted Christ like dying for us kind of thing. So there's uh, there's, there's, so there's terrible people all did. around. That's true. What'd you say, Stephen? We did so much to poor jeez that's right we, we sure <laughs> did um yeah star wars and and uh avatar and marvel movies and pixar movies disney is just you know they're 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 putting everything behind those things so which hasn't failed them yet so i i understand it <laughs> uh let's see the last two things or three things we're going to talk about watchman trailer watchman for the hbo series has come out um we definitely see, as John and I were talking about before, the the Rorschachs are are going to be everyday people that are taking up the mantle of we are Rorschach kind of thing. Um, copycats. They're yeah. copycats. They're gonna. They, you know, I, I'm guessing that the New Frontiersman, I think, is what that newspaper was. Mm-hmm. Print, printed the printed his his Rorschach journal, and people are going to be like, oh, obviously these people are all terrible, kind of thing. Um, the faceless. We saw more of the faceless uh, police officers. So, do you think that I? I thought at first that was just like those are going to be the police officers that are just going after quote unquote superheroes. But you think these? This is just going to be police officers all together. They're going to be faceless now. So you can't you can't accuse one particular police officer of doing something wrong. Right. Yeah. It's some kind of like proto fascist movement with law enforcement. Obviously, that makes more sense for what the the material that uh, we're being we're that it's based off of. Yeah. Steven, do you have anything about the what? Are you a big fan of the Watchmen? No, not not in a massive way. I liked the film, uh-huh. um, but again, I think I think if everyone who's ever been a massive fan of Watchmen has told me what they all feel, and they have, <laughs> that's because I didn't read the comics. <laughs> that's why I like that movie. Um, but no, I, I I feel weird about uh, uh, the story in general. Um, it it seems odd in the first place to have this this force like this. And then it also it seems odd to do that now. Like so far removed from when the movie came out? No, like like this time like this like this time. I don't I don't know. There's just a, a weird thing to like the the idea of like the Punisher inspired police force, different different things like that. I don't know. It's weird. Mm, like but- n- not to not to bring up some like like massive like social no, I think you're right. I think that that is interesting, but I think it's it's also a way of putting a spotlight on those, those that type of thing. So, like that that would be inter- that that would be an interesting thing to do. That now is not with, the time to then, sow like, dissent. <laughs> say again. Now is not the time to sow dissent. I mean, yeah, like I I'm curious to see if they do something with that idea. Um, I don't know. I I I don't think I can judge from this trailer. There, there's no direct story beats in there i guess that tell anything that like a, a lot of the meaning for things so i'm curious to see what those meanings are okay fair enough uh we also got the chat the it chapter two trailer came out this week um this i didn't know steven didn't watch the first it movie it <laughs> chapter one or the made for tv movie with tim curry that came out 30 years ago about 30 years now yeah, yeah 30 <laughs> years ago um 
were you a big fan, John, of the It Chapter One? Oh yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that. In yes, I, I traumatized my little sister to no end with that, and she still <laughs> holds it against me. Oh, well, you're talking about the Tim Curry one, then? Yes, <laughs> I'm talking about the Chapter One that oh, came yeah, out two years ago. I think I saw that one like twice. Okay, um, what did this trailer do for you? Uh, it creeped me out because <laughs> that's a really really wacky looking lady. Uh, I've never read the original story, so I don't know how closely this sticks to it, but uh, I know, or I did think this was interesting with the whole, uh, this old lady in the trailer who's living in uh, Bev's old ha- apartment also happens What's to be with that old lady? the daughter, or yeah, the daughter of Pennywise, the, who, who Pennywise originally. I think obviously it's just Pennywise paying a trick on Bev. Like it's it, him yeah. taking another form kind of thing. Uh, we, we did see a lot of the the older actors playing the older losers. We have Bill Hader as uh, the one, the one kid that that curses a lot, right? Yeah, the comedian, the funny guy. Yeah, uh, which was played by Wolf Finhard. Yes. Yeah, and then we have James McAvoy. Oh, Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. Just in case, <laughs> thank for, you for just, the angry internet. No, just in case Finn is watching, listening. <laughs> Sorry, you were real good in that putt music video. <laughs> Um, James McAvoy in there as the older Stanley? Richie, I think. Richie? Okay. Oh, you know why I always call him Stanley? Because of stuttering Stanley. Because um, <laughs> he stuttered. All yeah. right. Anyways. Um, any of these other actors interest you? Oh, we had Jessica Chastain as the older Bev, obviously. Anybody? Older actors? No, I, I, I have... I, I don't know the names of these people, and I have no attachment to the original. Okay, sorry. Fair I enough. like Bill Hader. <laughs> I, I, to cast somebody who's as funny as that guy in a role of somebody who's supposed to be funny. I'm like, hey, it's gonna write itself in that case. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I, I'm excited to see this movie. I, I thought the first one was good. Uh, the It Chapter One that came out two years ago, I thought it was good. I, I just think that it was. I was so removed from the children that it wasn't good enough for me. So I think as adults, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in what that story is going to be about. Did you watch the major TV series when it first came out? Or yes. Later on. Okay. When it first came out. See, what I'm interested in is because in kind of the way that the book is written, uh, and I haven't read the whole thing because it's like 10,000 pages long. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get through that anytime soon. <laughs> but uh, towards the end of the book, the second half which is kind of how they're breaking up the movie when they're all older, you get to find out more about it, Pennywise. And I'm really hoping that they jump into that in the movie and they go into the whole uh, cosmological aspect of how it is some crazy interdimensional primordial being that somehow ended up on Earth and has just been here eating people for like millennia. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, it's so hard to put that on film because I mean on the written word and you have so many pages you can just type all this exposition and stuff to show that without boring the audience or losing them is going to be a challenge but it I mean I'm really interested to see what they do with that because you know they describe his real form uh, to be incomprehensible but resembling somewhat of a spider um, as you okay. can see, you know, he like, but but it's still not quite a spider. It looks like a combination of like a crab and that weird monster from Howard the Duck. <laughs> and um, so, with a big budget, you'll probably be able to make it look better than it did in the original. The original was like stop motion animation, and then a few parts were like 
you know, practical, but it was still, you know, TV budget. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking forward to that and see if maybe uh, Richie or Vev or somebody has like a vision where it's kind of just explained to them, like, in without giving it away entirely, just kind of visual cues, like what he's all about. You know, being a space creature that ended up on Earth, and then he has a, a good counterpart that's essentially a giant turtle. It's it's it gets pretty what? wacky. Yeah. Uh, well, so what? I, I want to see more of that. Yeah, it, it's it's out <laughs> what? there. This is some very eldritch uh, shit in this you know, story. <laughs> oh, Steven's gonna love watching this movie. I can just see it. <laughs> Uh, last trailer came out at the beginning of this week. Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Uh, this one had heavy spoilers for Endgame. This is essentially the reason why the Russos came out at the beginning of the week saying, Monday is the cutoff day. You can now talk about spoilers for Endgame on the internet, according to them, if they have any authority over what you do. Um, and it's essentially because in the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer is going to have spoilers. And we even have Tom Holland at the very beginning of the trailer explaining to people, don't watch this trailer if you haven't watched Endgame yet because there are spoilers, which is very meta because Tom Holland is one of the few people that constantly spoils the plot to movies that he's in, especially as Spider-Man. Uh, that was how they got him to remember. Yeah. Don't talk about these plot points because remember, you recorded that bit. <laughs> You're probably absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, so we see Tom Holland remembering a lot about Tony uh, Tony Hawk, Tony Stark, and how he sacrificed himself. To, I want to see that version <laughs> to uh, to get everybody to live after Endgame. Um, do you think this means that a lot of the things that they're looking at? You know, do you think this means he's going to be the next Iron Man in quote unquote Iron Man for this universe? No. No. No, no, nah. from John. Also, no. Nah. I would say no. Also, I think that's a dumb move. You don't. I don't want to lose more of Spider-Man uh, than we're already losing in the MCU. Uh, I mean, if we're gonna get an Iron Man, it's gonna be that kid from Iron Man Three. I mean, that's I a possibility. What was that? Oh, it could also be Shuri. Also, they made they made a very clear point of having Rocket say to Iron Man in Endgame. He's like, "Remember, you're only a genius on Earth." That's true. You're 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 so. absolutely right. Uh, the bigger bigger reveal about this movie is that Quentin Beck Mysterio is going to be an agent of Shield, so to speak. In this movie, he's. I feel like he's being contracted. He's working well. I don't know. It's so much contracted. He's playing himself uh, as we, as you can, devise from the trailer. Uh, Fury says that this is this is Mister Beck. He's from Earth eight three three. Um, he has come here to help us because uh, a wor- the you know in game the snap during in game um, opened up a portal from his earth and he came through and now he's helping us kind of thing. Uh, he's <clears> playing <throat> himself off as a hero and you know uh, Nick Fury and, and Agent Hill have fell for it and they are and I say fell for it because I have the comic books to fall back on. Mysterio is a villain. Is that what they're doing in this movie? I have no idea. However, the original Mysterio story has Mysterio acting like he's a hero when in actuality he's stealing stuff and the the, the bad guys he is fighting are all part of his illusions. So that yeah. could be the story that Which they're doing here. Like. Yeah. That's still what that looks like to me in that all, all of the the things that they're fighting are like grand elemental kind of things. Right. And that just doesn't exist in that universe as far as we know. Exactly. And and the thing is that he's saying that he is He's one part Thor, one part Doctor Strange, one part Iron Man. Like he's all these things put together in his Mysterio costume. Um, 
Somebody had a wacky theory online, or maybe it was on Reddit, that this is actually a backdoor, that he's not Quentin Beck at all, that he's actually Victor Von Doom. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, and he's huh. just pretending to be someone else, but at the end, it's going to be revealed, his face is going to get damaged, and he'd be like, well, now I can tell you who I really am, or whatever. <laughs> and I think that would be Did weird. What was that? Go ahead. Oh, I think that would be weird. Plus, Sony doesn't have the rights to use that character. But Marvel. No, they does. do now. No, Sony doesn't, but Marvel does. Like this, Far From yeah. Home, Spider-Man is still a Sony movie. It is just in association with Marvel, Marvel Studios, so that they can use certain characters. But they're but, not. Gonna- but imagine if if th- th- that's like letting someone else play with something that's already been sullied by someone else, <laughs> and if it, if it doesn't go well, then they're just like. Yeah, good thing we kept that shit over there. <laughs> you know, like, like that that seems safe. I don't know. I'm for this. I'm, I'm investing I'm, with someone else's money. I'm all for Jake Gyllenhaal being Doctor Doom. I think that that'd be inspired fucking uh, casting. I still think that he would make a great Moon Knight, but we're not getting Moon Knight right now. We're getting Mysterio. So, cool. which either way goes uh, goes for me. I also think there that, was one. Oh, uh, go ahead. No, you know you're good. I was just going to say, one of the things that I saw, one of the interesting things is that the Nick Fury that you see in the trailer and the Maria Hill and the MJ are all part of his illusions. They're all, all of that stuff is there just to mess with uh, uh, with Peter. Playing off of that one, one of the ones that I saw was the idea that uh, that's not Nick Fury at all, that it's actually someone else and they're setting up Sinister Six. Ooh, so, so the chameleon? There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this is all speculation, so yeah. it's not really spoilers or anything like that. Uh, it, I think it was interesting that through an Earth eight three three, if you want to, talk, if you talk about uh, multi, Marvel multiverse uh, things, Earth Earth eight three three is the Earth where Spider Man is cat is a uh, Spider Man UK, which is uh, Brian Braddock, who we know as Captain Britain. Now, it's also interesting that in Endgame, we had Agent Braddock be named by Peggy Carter when they went into 1970. So, there's a possibility we'll be getting Captain Britain around here sometime soon. That would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's going to get hard to keep track of all these things. This is true. It's it's very true. Yeah. Um, they're, they're rapidly approaching a situation where it's like, even if the movies are still easily like digestible, to someone who hasn't watched the things before, there's going to be a perception that you have to have watched all of them already. Mm-hmm. You have to go to college and take Marvel studies to be able to stay up to date too. And I, I want to tell you that as the professor of that class, you will <laughs> it will be a hard final, and you have to make sure you study all the material. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an open book test, but unfortunately, it's all of comics. It's right. <laughs> you just have to go and find it all. Uh, was there anything else that you guys want to talk about with that Spider-Man trailer? I think that's I like it. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And any other stories you want to get to? No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, you have a short lineage for us th- this week, John. Yes. Uh, these characters have not lived long. They might not last for very much longer. Uh, but we're talking about the last dragons of uh, <laughs> Westeros. So, uh, as we've discussed before, dragons have been extinct for well over 100 years at this point. And a lot of maesters and other mystics seem to attribute the loss of magic in the world to the death of dragons. 
uh, here in Westeros, uh, you know, with the last surviving Targaryens after the Doom of Valyria. Uh, why it wiped out all the dragons over there is not quite clear yet because no clear records exist, even in the uh, compendium for the history of Ice and Fire. Uh, but the surviving dragons in Westeros, uh, you know, at first would be able to reach full size. But as the power of the kingdom spread uh, and the kingdoms grew larger, so did the collateral or potential collateral damage uh, of the dragons creating, you know, when they go out hunting, go get, you know, food, whatever. Um, yeah, there's more people around where they live, so there's more chances of things going wrong and the wrong people or the wrong animals getting roasted. It's very hard to control dragons, apparently, even if uh, you can ride them around. Even if you're the mother of dragons. Yes, even if you're the mother. So, in King's Landing, they built what's called the Dragon Pit. And that's where they decided, well, because these things are so huge, we got to have like a nice big coliseum-sized enclosure for them. But it turns out that enclosing a dragon causes them to, you know, like detrimentally revert and shrink. be able to, yeah, they, they basically can't flourish as much as they could if just they're like not a, out in the open. Just like a potted plant. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you you got to let it be out in the wild. Um, but an interesting fact to note about dragons is that they're also asexual. Mm. They can breed... Uh, independently, and there's no male or female uh, gender genitalias, I guess, of the dragons. They, a, a single dragon can lay eggs and give birth to more dragons. Even though Daenerys named all three of her dragons male names. Exactly. Yes. Uh, it's kind of like the Godzilla 99. It's just, you know, <laughs> you gave it a name, but... So the, the, way, the way we have to take out the Godzillas is Gumball. Yes. <laughs> in a, in a Nyx... Stadium? Is that what it was? Oh, uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh. <laughs> um, so Nick's Stadium. So Nick's the ba- basketball team in a stadium where baseball teams play. Is that it? What do you call it where you play football? It, that is also a stadium. Ah. So, or it's a field. They a call field? them a field. Okay. Yeah. A, a green? Yeah, that's golf. Okay. <laughs> the fairway. Fairways. There we go. Nope. <laughs> Farm Anyways, uh, is there tracks in there in, on a track and field? Yeah. <laughs> so, the point is, uh, yeah. So, dragons have some interesting qualities. They're very closely attuned to the nature of magic in this world. Um, with the return of dragons, when Daenerys stepped into the fire, the the funeral pyre for Khal Drogo, uh, she stepped in with three fossilized dragon eggs. I mean, mm-hmm. these were ancient and dead and just completely lifeless they should have just been hard rock in the middle of it yes it it should have been nothing these weren't like cadburys or anything yet through a combination of blood sacrifice uh killing a witch at the same time killing a king because cal drogo essentially was a pretty strong leader um all of this and also that the prophecy of the red meteor or the red comet that appeared in the sky um all of this led to just the perfect uh, chain of events that led to these dragons being reincarnated. Uh, with that, uh, I mean, we've had other references where other people like the Alchemist Guild in King's Landing and the, the Warlocks of uh, Karth were stating that, yeah, ever since uh, we've heard the rumors that dragons came back, like our magic has grown like in power. Like we can do much more incredible things than before. Which is why the warlocks wanted to steal the dragons early on, and so on. So, with uh, this being the case, uh, we have an idea right now that during the time that Drogon was missing, 
between like seasons four and five or five and six, uh, he was busy laying some eggs somewhere in Westeros or Essos rather. And that might lead us to have a resurgence of dragons uh, that will pale in comparison to what we had prior. Because we've already lost two. And we, uh, you know, they're very integral to Daenerys's take back of the kingdom. Uh, mm-hmm. How can she do that with just one? It's, you know, very not likely. It, it always goes back to the dragon has three heads. Mm. So unless Drogon becomes uh, King Ghidra, <laughs> that sounds like there's going to be some surprise, uh, some, you know, some, some dragon related surprises in the near future. Okay. With our. Well, our I mean, technically, dragons. aren't. Don't they call the t- Targaryens dragons also? They do. So you have Daenerys, Jon, and Drogon. Wait, well, no. This is about their baby that they're going to have. It's going to have uh, fucked up inbreeding. Oh, so that baby's going to come out with three heads. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. And it's going to also have scales and part dra- be dra- part dragon. Got it. <laughs> yes. That's actually how her first baby was apparently described when uh, she miscarried, too. That it had scales? It was scaly skin, then had like protrusions that looked like wings on its back. You know what's so funny is that I kept... Every time that they name they name drop Drogon, I always just thought, oh, that's funny because it's like dragon but with an O instead, right? But yeah. No, it's because of Cal Drogo. Yep. Because <laughs> all the other ones are named after men in his her life, also. Yep. Yep. I I am so terrible sometimes. And yeah, a lot of famous dragons are named after other Targaryens as well, like Balerion the Dread mm-hmm. uh, was named after King Balor. So it's it because. It back like that yeah there's a lot of these different ones as a matter of fact there's kind of an easter egg that like not very many people know unless you're really versed in fantasy movies and such but in the very first season when uh, Viserys is talking to one of Daenerys's handmaidens and she's giving him a bath he's describing the history of dragons and he's naming a few of them and one of the dragons he name drops is Vermithrax and that's the name of the dragon from Dragon Slayer. Oh. And that's one of my favorite 80s movies just because of how cheesy it is. But damn if those dragon effects for 1980s didn't look awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, thanks for that that dragon lineage. Uh, we have two more episodes after this for uh, Game of Thrones. We'll see. Let's see what you have to say. I'm freaking out. Um, <laughs> this episode was... Uh, so this episode called The Last of the Starks was very much... I don't want to say it's a filler episode, but it was very much a political episode. Like we got we, yeah. uh, after the long night, which is very action filled. We have more of a political episode with a very action filled episode or uh, part at the end. So uh, I think the biggest things that happen, obviously, we have uh, Lord Gendry. <laughs> we have Lord. Yes, that's right. Indeed. Daenerys talks to uh, Gendry at the big feast, saying, "Oh, I'm sorry, we forgot the, what the biggest thing, the biggest reveal." in all of star uh, all of game game of thrones is that there's a starbucks in winterfell and daenerys had stopped there no, on the way to the feast no, not anymore it's gone that's true yeah in in further viewings of the episode the starbucks has now been erased but you know what this also <laughs> happened in westworld and the akacheta episode oh really where uh there's a scene where he's he's talking about uh you know there's a flashback he one of the first times he goes into town uh, and he's noticing that, you know, there's something different about everybody, that they're basically, you know, a uh, host or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, he was actually green screened into that scene. 
Um, and if you actually look carefully, and it only happened in like the first airing because people caught it immediately. Um, but on the left side of the scene, if you look to the left of the frame, you'll see that maybe is or Mabe is walking and there's a camera crew behind her. This was actually a different scene that was being filmed. Nice. And this was just like coverage right. of the area uh-huh. that they reused. <laughs> so they they edited that out later on. But yeah, I was like, man, HBO, like, where's all the money going to these It's going to making dragons. <laughs> so uh, obviously this isn't the first time Game of Thrones has made this mistake. We have the, the pickup truck during the, the fight in the Iceland or whatever it was. The What was it called? Not Hard Home. What was the other one? The, yeah, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But then there's also another scene where Jamie Lannister is sitting or they're they're at some type of ceremony or something like that and uh Jamie Lannister is not wearing his prosthetic for his fake hand and in his hand is a coffee cup, is a Starbucks cup. What? So, yep. <laughs> so What kind of amateur shit show is this? <laughs> I mean, where's the actors thinking? Like either way. Um yeah, that was a funny thing that went around the internet this week. Uh but at the feast, we get Daenerys sitting there, realizing that she that the 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 people of Winterfell and of the North really love John, and that speaks loudly to whether or not she'll be able to be queen. And if it gets out that John is the rightful heir to the throne, um, if uh, if that's going to be a problem, yeah, whether John wants to or not, he's a threat to her power. Yeah, she and he he's repeatedly said he doesn't want it. Yeah, but he, he he's an idiot because all he had to do for that not to be an issue was not fucking tell anyone. <laughs> yes. So this is the big dumb thing. He next the very next if scene after really him and Daenerys. Yeah. After him and Daenerys have a discussion about how he needs to not tell anybody, he goes and tells his sisters and then well not Bran because Bran already knows. Well, he doesn't even tell his sisters. He gets Bran to tell his sisters. Like I almost yeah. felt bad for Bran. He's like, "What? Why are you throwing me under the bus, man?" Like <laughs> that's how that scene seemed to like play out for me, but uh yes, Arya to me Arya doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't care. Yeah, she she, she wasn't going to tell anyone. She keeps her own secrets, she keeps other people's secrets. And but Sansa who already doesn't like Daenerys for whatever reason, um because that to me that's one of the motivations that I really don't understand yet. Like she's so yeah. she's so far about uh, we are the North, we are Winterfell kind of stuff. When and I understand it's kind of an arc for her because she was all about going to King's Landing and making little princes and stuff like that uh, with Joffrey in the beginning. But and she's had she's lived a hard life since. But I just don't understand the the immediate hatred for Daenerys. Either way, yeah. Um, she goes and tells Tyrion. Tyrion goes and tells Varys. At that point, I mean, you might as well have just broadcasted it to like everyone in the I kingdom. I mean, that's what we yeah. we know about Varys is that he has his secrets. He tells his his little birds, and the birds tell other people. Well, not only that, but and we'll get to it, I guess, in more detail later when we get to his section. But Varys is not a, a loyal person to any specific individual other than himself he yeah he just has some high ideal he says what was that he's loyal to quote unquote the realm the realm yeah yeah which is a pretty ephemeral concept if you think about it (laughs) yeah that basically means you're self-serving yeah um so i love the conversation between Tyrion and Varys about the whole this is treason, and he's like, "Don't act like you haven't thought about it." He's like, Th- "Thinking is not treason. Talking about it is treason." Yeah, 
I like that line a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good conversations in this episode Actually, in general. Th- this this episode has the best joke in all of Game of Thrones ever. <laughs> Which is? is like torment is like much what do you coward shit in my bed? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk about that for a second. The free folk are not going to go with John down to King's Landing to fight this war. They are done. Uh, Tormund's taking mm-hmm. his people and they're going back to the north because he hates it in the south, even though John constantly has to tell him that Winterfell is not the south, it is the north. And he's like, yeah, it's south to us. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, one of the biggest upsets in all of uh, Game of Thrones, John gives up Ghost and says, hey, Tormund, could you take care of Ghost for me? Yeah, I think that was like a collective yelp from everybody. I was like, no. I mean, Ghost is sitting there battered up from battle, <laughs> missing half of his ear, one of his ears, and just looking at John as he rides off on a on a horse out of town, which is also interesting because he didn't he didn't ride off on uh Rhaegal? Rhaegon? That was uh, the dragon. Yeah, what's his yeah, name that, of his dragon? That was Rago. Rago. Okay, uh, he didn't ride off on Rago. He he said no. I'd rather go on horse with the men or something like that. Yeah, to lead the the troops because mm-hmm. only some of them were going on boat, and then the rest were going to be marching down, I suppose. Right. Um, and uh, I wasn't sure if they were supposed to be meeting the Iron Fleet or not. I feel like they weren't going to be. I feel mm. like they were just taking the longer way for whatever okay. reason. Well, because the Iron Islands are on the opposite side of like the continent, so yeah. probably mm. would have taken too long anyway. Even with the Westeros fast travel that you talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Last season's fast travel. Was- <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, you, you could see ghosts just sitting there like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you're leaving without me. That's not cool. Uh, I don't think that the I don't think they should have talked about their reasons for not having an interaction between the two of them. They they came out and they talked about it and they said it was because that that CG is basically expensive. Oh really? That's why. What a mistake. Yeah, that's horrible. I want to say that maybe uh, John and the wolf just didn't get along in real life. I mean, he was gone for a long time, and so they had to just keep them separate. <laughs> um. Uh, 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 what's gonna happen with Bran now? Well, he's he's um, I mean, obviously he's not gonna be the Lord of Winterfell because he doesn't. He's not Bran anymore, technically. He's the Three Eyed Raven. Yeah. So <laughs> as he's, we know, he's, yeah. I think he's just gonna live out the rest of his time there, if, if uh, assuming he survives whatever's gonna happen so in the next two episodes. Is he going down to King's Landing? Is he? Does he stay at Winterfell? I think he stays at Winterfell. Okay. If anything, he'd go to the Citadel just to kind of help the Maesters catch up on like all the history that they got wrong. That they're getting wrong. Yeah. Um, Arya takes off with the Hound. The Hound leaves before everybody else. Arya decides to travel with him, but not with him. Like the whole thing is that we're going separate, but we're going together. Yeah, and they both have in unfinished the- business. Yeah, yeah, very, very unfinished. Uh, <laughs> in the scene where everyone's like having a great time and everything, and we see uh, Tyrion, Amy, and all those guys playing their drinking game and whatnot. Uh, the entire time, when some people like stand up for different things, the Hound just stays sitting, and he's like, nah. "Yep." Yeah, I think this is it's, it's it's I mean it's a lot of what he just saw and then what he knows is going to happen next. It has to be, uh, and I we we cut it off earlier, but uh, Daenerys gave Gendry Baratheon his own lordship. What's Storm's End? Yep, which she, is the Baratheon yeah. homeworld or homeland or whatever, right? That's their um, Standish was there last, right? Yes. Yeah. 
So that's I also do, where I, they I, went I, to go recuperate after they lost, right? Uh, they went to Dragonstone. Dragonstone. Okay. I did not like in that moment. Uh, so I, I've, I, I watched Game of Thrones early on. Uh, I liked the fact that the, the show did what it did in the way that it decided to do it and everything. This season does not feel like the same, and I don't know if I'm just processing it that way because I know they're no longer following other materials, you know? But I feel like everything is always telegraphed. Yeah. Everything is telegraphed. And it, there's that there's that moment between Daenerys and uh, Tyrion where she like turns to him after she gives Gendry that lordship, and she's like, so you're not the only clever one. Yeah, dude, we got it. We got it that that's why you were doing that. Why did you say it? <laughs> But uh, Gendry is super happy about it, and he decides the next the next step that he's going to do is go and propose to Arya. And uh, he's like, "Look, you can be you can be my lady of Storm's End, as I'm going to be Lord." But she does not want that. Do you guys think that she would have said yes to him if he hadn't been like high muckety muck Baratheon now? No, I think no? that I think I think. She still has feelings for him, very much so, but she has definitely left that part of her life behind. Like she is all about being this no one and 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 wandering the earth kind of thing. Okay, and maybe they, what Cersei has done. What was that? They've established that since the beginning that her sister was the one that wanted to do the whole lordship and. But lady that's the life. whole. That's the whole point of of arcs. Like she's gonna. It would be her coming around to being like. I mean, she she was also a child at that point. And this is her growing up, like having responsibilities having she wasn't in love with someone at that point this now she is she or i don't know if she's in love but she definitely has feelings for gendry yeah at least his like his pecs <laughs> <laughs> and that stubble that those, manly stubble those blacksmithing arms yeah um uh yeah so i, I yeah aria i mean i almost feel like she should have just said sure i'll be your lady after you know all this is done hoping that she might get killed kind of thing after all the deaths yeah um who was the other person oh so jamie jamie and uh bran Brian. Yeah, they mm-hmm. yeah. finally consummated their relationship finally happened yeah uh but in the end he still he still left her because he needs to go and confront cersei uh is he going yeah. there to kill her i think so yeah. I, I yeah do you think he can make it past the mountain I mean, I think he's going to get to the point where as long as he can get it done, he doesn't like it. There's no plan B. It's just <laughs> get it done. And then whatever happens after that is fate. <laughs> I, I think that we're, we're going to see these the, all these characters that rode off to go do their own thing all essentially converge because they're all independently going to the same point. This is true. And I also think that uh, in the end, when John and Daenerys and all these people coming together, when they are losing to Cersei in their battle, I think the people, I think you'll see Sansa and the people of the North and then the the free folk all will come riding in at the last second to help out kind of thing. It might be Bronn that kills Cersei, I think. It, that could also be an interesting thing because we saw Bronn show up yeah. in uh, Winterfell having the crossbow pointed at both Tyrion and Jaime and say, look, uh, she promised me where did she? Oh, River Run, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. well, what did I tell you when I first River, met you?" River Run. Yeah, exactly. So, what did I tell you when I first met you? If someone offers you money to kill me, I'll double it. And he goes, "Well, what's the double of River Run?" High Garden. High Garden. So there you go. Um, 
I, I think this is an interesting development. He is a sellsword through and through, and uh, he could land on either side at this point. Yeah, he's a wild card. So I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a situation where Braun can make the like final decision. He'll have his crossbow trained on somebody, and then it'll go to Cersei instead. Which would also be kind of weird medally because of the whole. I mean, yeah, that, 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 that's why I was thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's such it's such a catharsis. <laughs> um, so then we finally get to we get Daenerys, the Unsullied, uh, Drogon, and Rhaegal, uh coming up on King's Landing. The idea is not for them to attack right then because they're waiting for Jon and his men to come, but as they pull up, they're gonna offer. Oh, the idea was uh, 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 like to do it strategically, like cut off like King's Landing from the rest of their imports. And if the people of King's Landing can't eat and they starve, they'll know that their queen is bad and they'll come over to mm-hmm. Daenerys. But Daenerys has outfitted the Iron Fleet that Euron controls uh, with those giant crossbow things to take out dragons. Scorpions. Scorpions. Um <clears throat> Strategically, I feel like she made a big mistake in not just flying the dragons behind the boats. <laughs> Everybody keeps I, saying that, but I mean, you've never been confronted with that type of offense before. But they're boats. But, but <laughs> and they ha- they have seen these things before. Um, not in this capacity, though. They had like the very first time they ran into them, they had like one or two. Now it's like yeah, yeah they're like they, they had to have like th- there's certain. There's certain weaknesses to these devices. There's a person like like behind them working them, right? They so and like with the way that they're positioned, they can only go up to a certain degree. Right. So there's a there's a certain thing that they could do with that to just go past it. I mean, so they just have to fly high over enough it. over it. The only the only thing is, yeah. A, yeah, that's that's definitely one. But and then we didn't know we didn't see if there might be one on the back of the boat, which I, was that aft. I guess, yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. I, I never, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there could be another one set, like, mounted to the back or whatever. But, yeah, it, it seemed like they just come up. They, I mean, obviously, they were hiding behind some rocks, which is one thing already weird that Daenerys didn't see them. You're flying in the sky. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we, we lost Rhaegal. He, he got shot through the heart. He got messed up. And then... Uh, questions about what they decided to do for that scene. So again, with their like weird idea of what is a good C- use of CG budget and different stuff like that, have you guys ever you you guys ever fired something like a moving target in the air? No. In any so it, if if you're shooting at something that's in the air or anything that's even moving, essentially like they had to have launched those things like a few seconds prior, yes. not knowing whether the first one was going to hit, and yet he gets hit like three times concurrently <laughs> by things. like he would have already started to fall after getting shot through the throat and the next thing still goes and hits him in the neck also what? i mean they're just that good shot who are these marks <laughs> <are these> <laughs> uh i have this weird thing do you think that the people of king's landing are gonna either believe or don't know about the fact that the whites and the white walkers attacked up north 
I'm sure there's like rumors and like gossip amongst some of them, but for the most part, they probably have no idea. Mm. I mean, there's they're still a superstitious element to the common folk, but they care more about what they can, you know, they have right in front of them than what's happening hundreds, if not thousands of miles away at that point. Mm-hmm. So uh, after they take down the dragons and, and, and Drogon flies off, uh, the they turn the 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 giant crossbows towards the the fleet the unsullied fleet and uh, those boats get destroyed they all try yeah. to swim to the shore and uh, Misande is missing I don't understand exactly how they, the the Iron Fleet picked so, her up but what's they did um, Grey Worm yells for her to get into a boat right and so everyone else like is in the water and she's basically on this nice little like. Robo. Raft kind of is what the idea is. Ah, uh, so yeah. they they went up, picked him up, picked her up, and then took her as hostage. Next time we see her, she is on the wall with Cersei and Herman and Euron and you know all that stuff. And more of the crossbow, giant crossbows are on the wall of King's Landing. We have Kyber and Tyrion go out as the two hands to try and politically. Uh, or diplomatically uh, resolve this issue. Uh, Tyrion... They both had the exact same demands, right. though. So. Yeah, <laughs> they both had the same demands. I really feel like Daenerys and Tyrion don't have any stand, like because they have literally almost no one left, except for a giant yeah. dragon. Uh, but, yeah. I really liked that scene in general. Like There were political conversations that were happening in there are some of my favorite things that they've done for this season because it feels like game of thrones you know uh and the part when Tyrion just like is like this isn't going anywhere and just walks past him <laughs> yes it's so great yeah it was good i mean anything with uh peter dinklage is pretty great usually so <laughs> also peter <laughs> well, <took> my <laughs> Tyrion kind of feels like he's on the point of like almost suicidalness with the things that are happening uh, where it's like, yeah. wow, this this is gonna go badly one way or another. I might as well just go out there and see if I can get something done. But you're fully expecting that, like, you know, every action he takes could be his last, and he just knows it. I agree, very much so. So uh, as he goes to try and negotiate with Cersei directly, uh, we realize that, or we see that that doesn't go well, and. Uh, Misandei takes the takes the fall for it. Yeah, she gets her head chopped off. Yep, yep. But she also, in that moment she says she tells them basically like burn, burn it, it all. Yeah, burn it down. Like uh, that was the whole thing. Was Tyrion was like, look, you don't want to destroy King's Landing. It's the people there. You want to be the queen of this place. You want to be the queen of this land. Please don't. Please don't. And this is this is Misandei's way of being like, nope, take it all down. Destroy it all. You know what, though? I feel like Cersei would be uh, scorched earth policy on something like this where things start to go bad. Because um, if you go back to the very first episode, I mean, her, well, not the first episode, but the first season, uh, Cersei's whole attitude is, you know, when you play the Game of Thrones, you either live or you die. She's not going to give up. She's not going to quietly go away and just give up the, the power. Uh, she's in it to win it or die. And I feel like kind of like what we've seen already with uh, what she did with the, the High Sparrow mm-hmm. and with the uh, the Dragonfire. What did we call that? The uh, Wildfire. Wildfire. Um, yeah. 
I mean, much like the original Mad King's plan of just having that stuff hidden all over the kingdom, I feel she's yeah. probably done the same thing. It's probably all rigged so oh. that if things look like they're not going to go her way, well, she just blows the whole thing up. Don't forget what we saw in the first season. And I don't think you just mentioned this, but the whole, like, when her, when they thought Standish and his men were coming in, um, she had the nightshade ready to kill her and her kids. Oh, yeah. So, she like, was- she's ready to, to end it all before having to surrender. Yep, that's true. One interesting thing uh, that happened I, that we like, kind of glossed over talking about that stuff right now um, is that they confirmed that A, she is pregnant for sure, mm-hmm. and B, she's saying that it's his, that it's... Um, Euron's uh, baby. Uh, Euron. And she, she said, uh, like, she pointed out the idea that, um, like, I'll rule this, you'll rule that, rule that, and then our kid will rule them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the land so, and the sea. They, I mean, once again... And they, they, what was that? Uh, no, they, they've just made a very—they've made a very clear point of the things that we do in this episode will be directly addressed in the next episode <laughs> for this whole season. So I feel like that has to be something with Jamie going that way. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was gonna say because once again, this is this is another child that Cersei is having with with uh, with another man, but but uh, um. Uh, it's a progeny of of Jamie, so and she was prophesized yeah. to only ever have three children. Pro- Why is there a prophecy about how many children Cersei is going to have? Because she went and talked to uh, Maggie the Frog. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember this. Yeah, the, the, it was a brief scene in one of the uh, openers to the. I think it was season four. Oh, uh, when she's a child, she went to go see uh, like a witch in the woods. And she said, "You only ever have three kids." She said, "You're gonna have three kids with uh, golden crowns, and uh, you'll outlive them all." And like, basically, told her, "Like, yeah, like that's that's what's in store for you." Yeah. In the books, they go into more detail. She actually had that witch killed afterwards, of course, uh, because she didn't like what she told her. But you know, that just shows you a little bit of her character and a little bit of foreshadowing. Mine. <laughs> uh, was there anything else that I, I missed from this episode that you guys wanted to talk about? Um, I, I I liked uh, the moment where uh, Grey Worm they're they're looking on the map and seeing like what their forces are and everything. And uh, at first, I was I was kind of confused about it, like what was actually happening in that moment. Mm-hmm. He walks up and he like moves a piece on there. Uh, and I guess what they were saying with that is like basically that piece that was on there represented like old numbers, you know. Right. And uh, we don't have those forces anymore. And he like takes it away, and he's like bitter about it. Yeah. And that's the same thing that the the last of the Dothraki does the same thing too. Like I didn't realize there were any Dothraki actually left. Yeah, I thought they were all gone. <laughs> yeah, they, they said that they halved their numbers. I thought we saw every single one of those dudes die. So did I. But maybe just not. maybe just their Arax went out, and that's why we just assumed they died. But it was like, hey, you're whipping it around in like freezing weather. Maybe it just went out, and they're still fighting out there. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, anything else? Uh yeah, we got some nice interactions between uh, Sansa and the Hound, and the Hound actually smiled for a change after Daenerys uh, seeing everybody celebrating John. Daenerys feels like she has to steal a little bit of his thunder, just out of jealousy maybe, and she says, "Hey, well, how about to the real hero of of Winterfell, Arya Stark?" Yeah, and even the Mountain has to smile at that. I was like, "Yeah, that's right." You mean the Hound? Oh, the Hound. Yeah. What um, did I say? You said the Mountain. The Mountain. <laughs> Wrong guy. The Wrong the game. I also thought it was interesting that we made a reference back to the first season of when uh, I think that was the first season, right? When uh, the Hound saved uh, Sansa from being raped. And that was second season. Was that second season? Yeah. 
so he saved her and he's like, hey, come with me. You know, we can leave King's Landing together kind of thing. And then in this scene, he was like, you should have came with me. You wouldn't have had to live the that, uh, you know, that terrible life that you've lived so far. And she's like, well, I needed to live that life to get to this point in my life now. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very self-actualizing. Yeah. Uh, all right. So if uh, anybody else has some opinions on this episode or any of the stories we talked about this week or any uh, predictions, actually, do you either one of you have any predictions of what we're going to see in the next two episodes, the last two episodes? I think Tyrion still dies. You think Tyrion dies? I think uh, Daenerys is going to go Mad Queen. Daenerys is going to go Mad Queen. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody yeah. dies. I, I honestly do. I think I think King's Landing burns down. I think everybody dies. <laughs> they should just have like a huge cache of wildfire that just blows up the entire continent. And then you know what's going to come up? The fucking the Iron Bank from Davos, Bravos is just going to come over and be like, okay, we own all this now. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. it. <laughs> all that interest. <laughs> um, There's no claims to the opposite exactly <laughs> actually there is one theory uh that somebody was postulating on reddit about the golden company um without getting into too much detail about it here because i didn't read up on it all the way through um they're saying that the golden company has like they have a history of never breaking contracts like their motto is our you know our word is as good as gold or mm-hmm. something like that um, however, the Golden Company was started by former Targaryens that essentially weren't going to get the the throne, so they had nothing else to do. So they became sell swords and essos, and they founded the Golden Company. Uh, so there's there's a theory that uh, with the help of Viserys and possibly or not Viserys, uh, Varys, Varys, and um, someone who we haven't seen since season one, Illyrio Mopatis, mm-hmm. um, that uh, you know these were the people that were originally helping Daenerys and Viserys uh, kind of survive right over in uh, Bravos or wherever they were, um, that uh, these people are going to get into an uh, alliance uh, where they're going to basically make a call for like blood and be like, hey, like we know you have a contract and they're paying you a lot of money. But this goes deeper than that. This is like family, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that they might actually Help them turn out. around, yeah. No. And, and do like a double cross. So we would have, you would have the Golden Company inside of the, the walls of King's Landing and be able to turn everything around. Essentially, yes. Hmm. That's interesting. That's an, I, I think that's a lot to introduce in the last two episodes, but... Yeah, definitely. Because uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's an ongoing plot for like three books now, and it's just recently got introduced here, so... <laughs> Uh, so like I was saying, if you have any theories or speculations that you'd like to get out there, um, we'd love to hear from you. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. John's also on Twitter as? I am at Magic Bollocks. The, uh, Steven's also on Twitter. I am Peppermint Gent. I am Peppermint Gentleman across everything else. <laughs> uh, the rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, at Geek Elite Media on, tw- on Twitter and Facebook.com forward, sl- forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Uh, check out our website, geekleetmedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep. Mitch here from Geek Elite Media. And I want to talk to you about Cuts by Candace, an experienced hairstylist that is willing to work with you to get the right look for you. When it comes to important events in my life and I need to look good, I trust my hair with Candace. 
Mention our promo code GEEKOUT when making your appointment through the end of May 2019 and you will get 10% off your hair services. Follow Cuts by Candice on Facebook and Cuts by Candice 3 on Instagram and start looking the best you you can.